morning, everybody. I wasn't quite sure what to do with myself this morning because I kind of got here more or less on time. Oh, that was kind of funny. It's like, you, you mean I, I have time to go to the bathroom after I get here? What? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I used to be like Mr. Prompt guy. I remember I used to be like the first person here all the time. I passed the torch to Brandon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just you wait. It'll be your turn. So, well, so Lord, we just thank you for this morning, uh, for this place to gather. Uh, it's a blessing, God, to, to gather with your people. And today what we pray is that you would uh, minister your word to us as only you can. God, that, that you would prepare it, Lord, with the, the fire of the Holy Ghost. God, that you would feed our souls today with this word. God, that your presence would minister the, the things that we need. God, you know the need of every heart. And uh, God, I, what I pray is that uh, this morning you would sow these things in our heart and cause them to, to grow, that you would bring that increase. God, we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Go with me to Psalm 145. So, if anybody else has the uh, like an, uh, an account with the U version, then you probably think I'm cheating <laughs> because I almost every Sunday I end up preaching out of something that that was the scripture of the day that week. But uh, uh, it's really interesting because I always thought that there was this very fuzzy, ethereal type of spooky thing about getting a word from God. And uh, um, I, I had the opportunity to uh, have lunch with Ron recently and just kind of, I had I wanted to talk to him about a bunch of life questions, you know. It's like, I've got all these things going on. Will the owner of the yellow Buick please... <laughs> White courtesy telephone. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I had a bunch of questions that I wanted to ask him. And uh, it's not mine. I don't park that close to the door. So. Um. Ah. Oh, there it goes. So, anyway. Um, and that was one of the things I wanted to ask him. Because I was like, that keeps happening to me. Like, because on Saturday, I'll I'll sit down with the kids and I'll look through, like, the verse of the day on that app for, like, the last week and something will strike me at, that has something to do with something that I was already thinking about or something that I heard during the week. And, and, uh, um, and so, like, every week I would come in thinking, man, I hope this is, like, actually what God wants to talk about instead of just some thing that I came up with. And uh, and then then Ron would come in and, and preach something that just totally lined up with it, and uh, and so I asked him about that because I was I was honestly a little uh, anxious about it, and uh, just because it didn't make any sense to me why I, it seemed like I was I, I don't know I can't think of any better word to use for it than cheating, and yet God was bearing witness that it was what He wanted to do. And he's like, well, no, he's like, getting the word from God is like that because the word of God is a supply. And so it's like, yes, you'll hear something and then 
you know, because you put the word inside you, it starts to stir up and, and you, you find something. Because a lot of times when I, I see one of those scriptures, something will strike me about it, uh, or something about it will strike me as having to do with something that was kind of already going on or whatever. <clears throat> so if you have the, if you use the U version app, then you're probably right on the same page as me every week. No, actually, and that's the only thing I even use it for. Um, is for those little Saturday morning Bible studies with my kids. Um, I use a different Bible. I'm going to read on my phone because I like it better. Anyway, so in Psalm 145, it's kind of funny. It's one of those ones that uh, you ever have like a CD that has like a really good song on towards the end, but you just never get to it because it's on towards the end of the CD. And then you hear that song and you're like, wow, that's a really good song. You're all looking at me like, what's a CD? <laughs> if you're my age, you understand. I, I saw this thing the other day. It was these, they were showing these little elementary school age kids a, uh, a Walkman. That was hysterical. They were like, what do you do with this thing? It's like they couldn't figure it out. And they were appalled at how much it cost when it was new. It's like, man, that was the thing when I was a kid. Whew, I had me one of them. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this this psalm is somewhat like that to me. It's like, wow, it's kind of on towards the back of the book. You know, I just I haven't really got here in a while. Um, but it's a really precious, uh, a precious thing, because uh, as we go through life, um, you know, we we have a tendency to to have to learn things ourselves. To and some things you just have to. You know, some there are some things that. No amount of somebody telling you ahead of time can prepare you for, can teach it to you. You just have to experience it. Um, they say that when you're, if you're teaching somebody how to do something, they're going to remember this infinitesimally small amount of what you told them. If you, if they do it with you, or if they watch you do it, they'll, they'll maybe remember about twice that. If they do it, and you, and you are there to help them with it or whatever. Uh, then they remember a whole lot more of it. And so, um, you know, a lot of people learn with that kind of hands-on experience. However, there are some things that it's really much, much easier to take someone's word for it and just learn it that way than it is to experience it for yourself. Um, So... um, you know, I've heard all kinds of horror stories about people falling off of ladders, for example. I've fallen off of a few. But uh, as far as being careful goes, I just kind of took everybody's word for it, more or less. And uh, um, sometimes you have to just learn things the hard way. Here's a great example of how somebody can tell you something a million times and you... It just it totally goes over your head until it happens to you, and that's having kids, because everybody will tell you, oh, your life totally changes, everything is different. It's like your life is this way one day, a kid was born, now everything is different. I I got that. It's like you know, Cynthia's pregnant with Jeremy. It's like yeah, yeah, life's gonna change. You know, it's like things are gonna be different, and I I got this. I understand. I'm not a stupid guy. And then we had him. And then life really changed. And things never, ever went back to the way they were before. 
And if you're anything like me, I spent like the first year or so desperately reaching back to reclaim some of what life was like before before I had a child. But I didn't. You, you never really can get it back, you know, uh, entirely. I suppose until they get a little older. But even then, life just changes. But you know, I said all that to say that sometimes somebody can. They can explain something to you until they're blue in the face, but until it happens to you, you just don't quite understand. There's a great deal of difference between head knowledge and experiential knowledge. Um, you know, when I was in school, I was one of those smart kids, like I got good grades and I paid attention and, and I did well on my schoolwork. But as far as life was concerned, I was very much uh, in the dark. Uh, I, I kind of led this very sheltered sort of, I don't know, like I was, I guess I was one of those smart kids that never experienced anything. So then when I got older, I thought, wow, life is different than I thought it was. Uh, so there's different kinds of smart, I suppose. I always, I rather patted myself on the back for being such a smart kid growing up. And then I got older and I realized, well, a lot of my smart stuff doesn't do me any good now that I am in real life. It's like... You know, but when you go to the grocery store and, you know, hot dogs come in packs of six and buns come in packs of eight, you know, you start bringing back some of that math. It's like you're standing there trying to figure out what's the lowest common multiple here. So you have to buy four packs of hot dogs and three packs of buns. I'll save you the time. So (laughs) that way it comes out all you. Thank you. Thank you. So... But anyway, uh, so in Psalm 145, he says, I will extol thee, my God, and I, uh, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. I think I should have that maybe tattooed on the inside of my eyelids you know, and kind of wake up to that every morning. Because I don't typically wake up and open my eyes. So I've laid in bed this morning until I realized if I don't get up now, we're going to get here at 10 o'clock again like we did last week. Well, I better do something. But uh, I, I like that word extol. That's a good word. We don't use words like extol very often anymore, you know. It's, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a great great word you know i was explaining it to my kids like okay for example i joined the dollar shave club and it was the most brilliant thing ever so i've been extolling the virtues of it everywhere i go and and so what he's talking about is how we we extol the greatness of god to to the people around us (laughs) so every day will i bless thee and i'll praise thy name forever and ever and that's a a great idea. Life is just works better that way when when you start out your days like that, and, and when you when you are looking for ways to 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 really praise Him and, and find something to be excited about about the Lord every day. Because uh, I'm one of those people that I kind of like to just sort of wait for things to come at me, and. Uh, uh, and I think sometimes we do that emotionally too. I know I always have. Like, like I would go to pray and I would just kind of wait for this, you know, oh, kind of moment. Um, 
but I wasn't. Uh, but I I've learned over time. It's like, well, but what about what about talking to him about the things that that uh, that he'd like to hear you say? What about those things that that he is certainly worthy of having you tell him? And start there. And uh, and and the great thing is is sometimes you do get pretty excited, and then you do have those ah moments. But the but the really great thing is is it actually completely removes that sense of I'm waiting for some emotional thing to happen from the equation altogether, because then you're not worried about the emotional thing and you're not gauging how well your prayer time is going based on oh I feel really good right now I feel really excited I've got a lot to say um, because if it was just having a lot to say that that meant your prayer time was going well then you could just chug a pot of coffee before you went to the prayer closet and you would talk a plenty I know but uh, so verse 3 great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable I like that. He says great three times in, in this one little little thing. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. Or of his greatness there is no searching. And I like that because you really, I mean, we, we could take turns talking about awesome things that God has done in our life, those testimonies that we have, and we'd be here all week and then some because not everybody's here yet. So we'd just be going on and on and on, and then we'd be we'd be having uh, we'd get like a projector and have FaceTime with everybody in Georgia, and we'd be here for another week or two. Uh, because you just those things are just there, you know. We went to this birthday party yesterday, and uh, for a kid in Levi's class, and all these people there was all these people there that they go to this church in Lawrence, which I thought was you know unusual. It's like I mean, who drives 40 minutes to go to church? But <laughs> so, but no, it was just, it was interesting, you know, and I I couldn't quite figure them out exactly, but uh, um, I don't know. It was uh, it was just an interesting experience, but I came away with it from it just like I am so ready to be home now and get back into my my comfy little thing, spend some time with the Lord. It was actually a very draining experience being there. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just because I didn't know a soul there. But but great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. That's that's why I brought that up because I was telling this one lady who doesn't go to church with all these other people. I was uh, uh, we got to talking about you know what I do for a living and stuff, and I I was telling her about my business partner and how we've been friends forever and and how. Uh, this uh, you know pretty face brought him to church, and then uh, and then he brought me to church, and I found out that God was really real, and and uh, she was, she was really excited. She's like, "That's really great! That's so awesome!" La la la, you know. So you know, sometimes you go away from those experiences just kind of feeling drained, like and and so I always take that to assume that God must have been doing something that He wanted to get done. Um. I really like this though. One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. And uh, there's a couple of things about this that I really liked. You know, I explained to my my children, of course, what a you know what it means that one generation to another. You all get that, so I won't belabor that point. But um, 
you know, the great thing is, is besides the generation of me and then my kids and then their kids and so forth, um, sometimes we go through things and then later on it comes to be somebody else's turn, you know, and so it's kind of the same idea of, I've been here before, you know, when I was uh, a teenager and I first started coming here, I kind of figured I didn't need to listen to my parents because they were heathen, and, and I figured they don't know anything anyway, they're they're old fogies. I kind of I kind of hit my rebellious phase right when I came here and, and met the Lord, oddly enough. Um, I, I could have used somebody that was maybe a little older to be like, hey, okay, just because they're not believers, you still need to listen to them. So that that would have been really uh, helpful, I think. But um, um, so I was explaining though to my parents that, or to my kids that you know sometimes people will go through things and they have all these experiences. It's like you know my my parents have a lot of experience in you know X, Y, and Z. You know, like they've been through these things. They know how to do this and that and the other thing. And so as I got older, I realized that they were actually a really good resource of information because they had more life experience than me and that your life doesn't end when you turn 25. And so when when you're a kid, it feels like it does. It's like 25, dear God. I kind of had one of those feeling old moments when I realized that uh, that Bob turned 27 this weekend. I was like, oh, man, what happened to me? It's like I've known him since he was six. And, uh, in fact, I remember when he turned seven uh, with his parents' cautious blessing. Mike and I gave him a can of surge for his birthday. <laughs> and then and then we went home. <laughs> Uh, in fact, I seem to recall Mike and I bought a case of it and left it at their house, and they kept calling, will you please come get this? <laughs> like it's, it's like having it's like having crack in the house. Like, we need this out of here. Um, but one generation shall praise their works to another. We all, we, we have these experiences then, and, and we, we learn to trust God uh, for uh, a particular thing. And then you have this testimony about how God comes through for you. And then it doesn't necessarily need to be somebody younger than you or anything like that. But then somebody else all of a sudden is going through this thing and and you recognize that all too well. Like, I remember that. It's like, and so then this happened. Uh Uh-huh. And then then, uh, this is what's kind of coming up on the horizon. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, God knows how to handle that. It's no big deal. And uh, it's great to have somebody who's been there before. And, you know, the it's like, and, you know, here, um, you know, my kids complain that it's boring going to church and sitting there for like an hour and a half. It's like, well, part of that's your attitude. But, you know, it's like, I get it. I remember being like 17, and I was so excited to be at church, but by the time church was over, I was ready for it to be over. And go talk to everybody and have a good time. And uh, so I get that. However, as like, if you will listen, uh, for one thing, Ron's really funny. And, and 
And he's got these amazing stories. His life is way more exciting than mine. Like, it's like, you know, I've, I've had a few times where something scary happened, and it's like, wow, my life just passed before my eyes, and I wasn't even in it. You know, it's like, it was so boring. Like, there was nothing to see. It was like, it was like watching one of those little, like, Pixar shorts or something. Um, I mean, that's really kind of how my life was until I got to be about 16, 17 years old. And then life actually started having some shape to it and some meaning, and things actually started happening to me that were, you know, worth remembering. And uh, um, so, like, you know, if you pay attention, he's got all these stories. He's had all these experiences that we can benefit from. So... There are lots of things that you can learn from other people. It's like, so so I did this, and then this happened. It's like, so don't do that. And and it's a it's a really great great thing when you when you take that to heart and think, okay, so I'm not gonna do that. You know, uh, Cynthia told me she was one of those kids that she would see something happen to her brothers or something happen to her sister, and she'd think. Okay, Make, she's like making notes. Okay, don't do that. <laughs> it's like because then this will happen. And uh, yeah, so, of course, she turned out to be the perfect child. But uh, sorry, everybody else. Um, but having having those those testimonies where you know that God does this stuff, uh, it's really a blessing when you get into some place you really wish you weren't and to know that other people have been there and that not only have they been there but uh there's there's light at the end of the tunnel it's not a train there you you can come through these places and it turns life turns out okay you know we've, we've got this guy nick doing this job for us and he's a little bit of a nervous kid and we just totally passed this project off to him it's like hey do this we'll pay you um and I let him know, like, no, this lady is very picky. You know, she's not in a huge hurry to have this done. She's very picky, um, you know, unreasonably so, in fact. And uh, so uh, he called me yesterday. I mean, it's getting on towards dark, and he's he's over there working on Saturday on this house. And I was like, okay, I'm like, well, we're not in that big a hurry, you know. I mean, if, if I mean, if you want to get it done, that's that's great, but. Um, but he was nervous about this lady, and uh, and uh, because she she sent me this like word document of like two pages worth of all these like brain dead instructions. It's like anybody who is breathing would know this stuff, but sometimes in business you do have to spell these things out just in case. But he was just he was anxious, and so he called me and he wanted to talk about this and that. And I was like, well, you know, okay. Like, you know, I know you do good work, and if there's things that need touched up, we'll touch them up. Well, you'll touch them up, and I know I know it'll work out fine. I'm going to be there to walk through the stuff with this lady. You don't have to do that. You're going to be there so you can fix the stuff, but, you know, all in all, it's like if she is a big pain in the butt and she's unreasonable, I've, I have come to have some experience with those types of people. And I have learned that you just kind of have to put your head down and get through it, and then life goes on. They go away, they pay you, and then hopefully not in that order. 
but they, they go away. <laughs> you know, and then after the check clears, then you ride off into the sunset and and hopefully never talk to them again. But you know, the but the thing is is life goes on even after those those experiences that feel so terrible while they're happening. You know, and, and we've all had those experiences, you know, I mean it's like you know, the the things that Cynthia and I went through in our early twenties, I for a long time, I couldn't hardly talk about it without just ruining my day. You know, it's like, God, that was the worst thing that ever happened in my life. It was so bad. And now I feel really sorry for me that it ever happened. You know, and But over time, you know, God, you know, sometimes things just take a while to, to heal up. And so God did that. And, you know, eventually I got where I could talk to people about it. And it was no big deal. It's like, you know, you know some of the... You know, a lot of that that sense of wow, that was so horrible. A lot of that kind of fades away to yeah, that happened. And uh, so, so sometimes in life we have those things that feels like this is never going to be okay again, and life is just terrible, and and I can't hardly put one foot in front of the other. The great thing is, is that on the other side of those, life goes on. And and God knows how to get us through those places with a testimony of His faithfulness and, and Him and how He He got us through it. Because I mean I I look back at those things and it's like there was no way I can't imagine how someone would get through that um, without the Lord. And uh, but it's nice to have somebody that could that could be there and tell you this is going to be okay. You know it's like I remember like. I don't know how many times I called Ron. I was just like, "Oh man," you know, and he said, "Well, this is going to be okay," you know, and talk talk me down off the ledge, you know. He used to have the greatest outgoing message on on one of his phones. He got rid of it because it made people angry, but it was so dang funny. I loved it. I would get him, and it was like, you know, no doubt you're you're you know screaming in despair, and your life is spiraling into the pit as we speak. Uh, because I have not answered my phone. However, <laughs> you know, and then he's like, you know, you could try my other phone. It's this number. Blah 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 blah. blah. You know, and <laughs> I thought it was the greatest thing ever because we've all had those experiences where he didn't pick up, and you are like, <laughs> I mean, I think the last time that happened to me. Um, uh, it was Bobby. He was sitting in, in Ron's office talking to him, and then he, he said Ron looked at the phone, and, and my caller ID number popped up, and he's like, hmm, because I almost never call him, you know. And uh, uh, Bobby's like, you take it, and he's like, ah, he'll be all right. And then they go, <laughs> and indeed, on the other end of the line, I was, <laughs> so, you know, um, but, you know, the great thing is, is God, you know, kind of got me. He got me through that. I came to the right conclusion, and then I was able to talk with him about it. And he's like, "Yep, that's the right conclusion." Okay, good. So, so God knows how to do those things. Um, so having somebody who's been there, and that's why I was telling my kids these stories are awesome because, you know, you you pretty much couldn't name something that he hasn't dealt with, or that somebody that you know has got some kind of experience with, you know. So the the people around you, uh, their experiences uh, are really valuable to you because when 
these things happen to you, then you have somebody that you can look to and be like, hey, so tell me about how God did this thing. You know, and you know, and honestly, at the at the very bedrock of all that is the Word of God. You know, because uh, you know, I had people there that you know that that loved us and supported us through those times. Um, you know, but the the Word of God was the thing that would stop that sense of I'm just going to slide off into nothing. Um, you know, it's like I, I still remember this day that it really just felt like life was just ending. It's like, here I was, 22, my life is over, you know, and uh, uh, I can't imagine life ever being okay again. And, and God gives me this uh, passage from, uh, oh, I want to say it's Psalm 90-something. Let's read it to you. You'd think I would know where it is exactly, but yeah, 94. Uh, unless the Lord had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. And I was like, <laughs> when I said my foot slipped. <laughs> You're laughing because you know what I mean. When I said my foot slips, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. And in the multitude of thy thoughts, my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. Because I had all kinds of thoughts of how is this going to turn out? How is this ever going to be alright? And then... Um, and uh, so I'm reading that, and, I was, and somebody called me, um, and they're like, "Hey, I had a I had a verse for you in uh, in Second Corinthians one, and it says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God." And so. So that the the words that God gives you in those times, you don't typically forget about them. That was, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago. I can still find them just like that. Like I still know where they are. I still know what it says. Like I could have told you what it said without reading it. I just probably wouldn't have gotten it exactly right. But um, you know, having those things, and then having you know, having something to stand on, you know, and then having somebody there to to. Uh, to, to tell you this is going to be okay. I've been there before. My my foot has nearly slipped before and God kept me. But one generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. I'll speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and thy wondrous works. You know, and so, you know, on the other, I mean, it's a glorious thing when God gets you through those difficult places. Um, sometimes God just does really awesome stuff and it's just really awesome to be able to share it with people. Like, you know, hey, check out this great, you know, it was a sunny Tuesday afternoon and the bluebird of happiness was on my shoulder and life was grand. And then God did this really cool thing that I wasn't even expecting, you know. So so he does do those glorious, awesome things on just like a nice ordinary day as well. And and that's uh, every bit as much a blessing as, as those really difficult times. Um, and so... Um, yeah, it's just it's just a blessing to know that you know if you you know if you've got something going on, you could probably just start going through the church. Hey, so I have you ever had you know X, Y, and Z? And uh, um, if they haven't, they probably could point you to the right person, or you could just keep going. You could just get out your phone directory and just start calling people. <laughs> like, hey, have this? You ever had this happen? 
and, and it's really a blessing. There's a lot of a lot of learning you can circumvent by the hard way by just finding these things out. So I'll speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and, and of thy wondrous works, and men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will be, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. I, I love it because this psalm just, I mean, it, the the gist of it is right there in the beginning. And then he just kind of pounds away at it until you, you know, you come away from the psalm with the idea. Like, okay, so, so God, God's awesome and it's my privilege and duty to share it with, with the people around me. You know, because when you're in an army, it's not every man for himself. You know, and uh, you know, and that's the really great thing because when you go through tough things, or you know, or or if you feel like life is a competition, then your sense of helping other people uh, is not the same. Sometimes, you know, like the Corey Ten Boom said, the the uh, the most dangerous thing about being in the concentration camp was not the fact that you could die. It was not the fact that that it was the most miserable, horrible, unfathomable experience that you could imagine. It was the the self-preserving indifference that you that you had to try not to allow yourself to have towards everybody else, and where it was all it's like I'm looking out for number one. And, you know, sucks to be you, but I don't care. You know, and, and it's easy to get into those places when you're going through something tough. There's something about tough things that kind of gives you this zero-in tunnel vision, like looking through one of those little uh, people things on a door. But, uh, you know, but the great thing is, is um, because we belong to an army, we understand that, okay, I'm getting shot at, but so are they. And so, um, you know, I don't know if you ever, how many movies you've watched, you know, war movies and stuff, but sometimes you get, you see that guy that's just dumbfounded, just in shock, and he's just standing there. Um, and then somebody will grab him and, and throw him behind something before they get shot. You know, that's how life is sometimes, because sometimes we go through things where we're just kind of staring at it, dumbfounded, and you need somebody to grab you and throw you behind something that will keep the bullets out. And and so that's a part of what we do, but we have these testimonies that this stuff works for me. This stuff worked and and it it does exactly what the word of God says it'll do. And so you need not be afraid to try them out on it. You know, cuz like it's like a relationship. Relationships are fancy. You know, because you know, you you hand your heart to somebody and you're just hoping that they don't give it back to you like confetti and and they might and if they do there's really nothing you can do to stop them because you already gave it to them and you can't really just take it back and so uh, the thing is is God wants you to take a chance on him you're like look, like, look I, I told you I'd take care of you right I told you that this stuff will work I, I take a chance on me and and you can be assured that he's not going to hand you your heart back in a bucket because that's all that would hold it. So he can he's he's going to take care of it. In fact, he's not going to give it back to you, but he's just going to keep it. And and he and he's going to he's going to treasure it. 
And so, um, there's something about uh, rolling the dice and just kind of stepping out where you can't see anything that's really, it's frightening for your flesh. And your brain will scream at you, what are you doing, you fool? But, uh, but you know, um, it it's, uh, reminds me of the, one of the other psalms where he says that, um, you know, those that do business in great waters, they see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. If, if you really, you know, if you want to see God come through for you, you got to get yourself, you got to be willing to get in a place where you need Him to come through for you. So, so He does those things. He really does. Uh, there's this song that uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman did that was really great, where he talks about, you know, of course we all know that we live by faith, not by sight. Everybody can quote that, but it's totally different when. All the lights are out, and you're you're there's you're stepping out over nothing with nothing to hold on to but the word of God. And uh, I, I don't then the way I'm not doing it justice at all, but the way that he says it, it just it just totally paints this picture of you're walking along this on nothing, you're stepping out over this chasm, and there's nothing there, and there's no handrails. You're just walking. <laughs> And it feels like you're walking on like a balance beam or something. That's kind of the picture that he creates. And and life is like that because you you would like to have something to hang on to that uh, lest you lose your balance. But but taking a chance on God is such a blessing because um, because that's where you come away with those testimonies of this worked for me. And sometimes he just gets you in a place where you really don't have any other choice anyway. <laughs> He's really brilliant about that because he knows that your heart is to trust him, that your heart wants to 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 follow him and believe him. And so <clears throat> because he knows your heart and he knows the kinds of decisions that you'll make, he, he puts you in those places where you really couldn't back out if you wanted to anymore. You know, it's like having a baby. You, you can't just decide, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Otherwise, there would be no people. So, yep, I was there when my children were born. That's a story for another time. (laughs) So, men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness, and shall sing of thy righteousness. I like that abundantly uttering the memory of his great goodness. It's like it's like in Malachi when he said that uh, those that spoke of him often that he would gather them up when he made up his jewels. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. So that's a grand thing cuz what if what if I'm nervous? What if I'm just one of those nervous people that this I'm not I feel like this may not work so well. You know, what if what if I you know, what if God gets irritated that I'm I'm waffling on this or that I'm struggling with this? It's like, eh, he's gracious. Full of compassion. And I like this word compassion. You know, there's we, we have these two words in English that um a lot of people don't really know the difference between. Uh and I, I actually I knew they were different, but I didn't really know how. I just learned this recently. And the difference between these words is there's sympathy and there's empathy. 
And they're entirely, they're, they're very similar, but entirely different. You know, sympathy means you feel what someone else feels. And which can be a really good thing or it can be a really bad thing. If you're trying to save someone who's drowning and they're terrified, you don't want sympathy because then you're both going to drown. But empathy means you understand how they feel, but you don't feel it. And so that's an entirely different matter. So if you're trying to save someone who drowns, you want empathy because you understand that they're terrified, but you're not. And so, uh, you know, God, God has a lot of empathy. And, and don't get me wrong, he, he feels the things that we feel and he cares. But, but he, you know, he, know, he understands how you feel. And, you know, he can deal, he can deal with you beyond those places. But it's a, it's a precious thing because, you know, we, we so often project our thinking or, or other people's thinking or the way we grew up, all that kind of stuff. We, we project it on him as if that's how he would behave. And, uh, um, you know, oftentimes in dealing with other people, you know, it's like, it's like, well, I think this way, so they probably do too. And you don't even think about it that way, but that's how we think. And, uh, and then, you know, eventually you realize, hey, they're not in my head. They're not me. They don't think like me. That makes things different. God, on the other hand, he is. He does know what you're thinking. And uh, so, but knowing that his thoughts are different than your thoughts is a really great thing. But he's, he's gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and the saints, thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power. So he just keeps just reiterating this, this, you know, you know, in Deuteronomy, he told them, you know, when you're sitting in your house, when you're walking by the way, like, talk to your kids about this stuff. Tell them about the stuff that, that I've done. And so, and so indeed we do. In fact, I explained to my kids yesterday, like, see, this, this is why we do the Saturday morning Bible study thing. This is why I, I make you sit still for a whole, like, 30, 45 minutes. An hour if you interrupt me 50 times. And, and, uh, and I, I talk to you about this stuff and I put it in there because for one thing it's my job but it's my privilege. And it's like I've got, I've got all kinds of experiences that you guys can benefit from. So he says, They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom, talk of thy power, to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. So, so now he's kind of talking about other people, it seems like to me. You know, it feels like people maybe that are outside the kingdom versus those that are inside. Uh, and so it's a, it's a blessing to be able to, to talk to other people about the things that God does as well. And, and sometimes, you know, when you do that, they, they kind of get that weirdo alert and they just sort of back away from you and they don't talk to you anymore. But sometimes, like, so tell me about that. It's like, you know... And then they then they have questions and and uh, uh, especially if if you're singing their song if if you know if you've kind of hit on a nerve uh, in the things you know it's like uh, the guy Sam that works for us I I put him on our little newsletter list and just started sending him and I try as I might I always kind of end up being a little preachy in them because it's supposed to be just kind of a fuzzy hey this is you know this happened in life or whatever kind of thing but I just I don't know. Maybe my life is too uneventful, but I'm almost always like, I don't know, I always want to talk about something preachy. And I've even started like sneaking little scripture references in there. Uh, but, uh, 
But he said he was reading it with his wife, and he was like, man, is he talking to me? And Because I was talking about how, you know, I was talking about spring and talking about how life has seasons. And and sometimes we have those wintertime things where life is just dreadful, but it has to give way to spring. Things always turn around in the springtime. And, uh, you know, as as hopeful as I could be without just being like, Jesus will get you through this, <laughs> you know. Because after all, I'm, I'm, you know, as far as all these people know, I'm a painter, not a preacher. So I, you know, try not to too out there with it. But, um, but those things really touch people if you have hit on something that they were dealing with. And I didn't even really think about that. I just I put them on the list because it's like, hey, you know, he works for me. Why not get, you know, make him part of the family? And uh, so, um, so it's a blessing to be able to make make known the things that God does to the people outside the kingdom. He says, Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endures throughout all generations. And I was telling my children, I was like, see, this is the thing that you guys don't get when you're complaining about being bored, about being, you know, having to sit and listen, or uh, or whatever. It's like, this is an everlasting kingdom, and, and you don't get what you're a part of. So this is, it's like, think about those kids at school, and think about their life. Think about people that live up and down the street. Like, they are not part of this everlasting kingdom. They don't have this opportunity that you have. It's like, all these kids you go to school with, like, they, they like, their their parents are, are divorced. They, they, some of these kids don't even know who their dad is. Some of them, their mom doesn't know who the dad is. There's all kinds of stuff that these kids go through that, you know, I mean, and that's just scratching the surface of the, the things that these kids are coming from. And you guys have this nice, stable home, uh, the loving family, and, and you're part of this this kingdom where the the seat of power, the city, means that that's the city of peace. So, and if as you guys get older, you're going to find that... Um, when you don't have peace, if something is really bothering you and you just can't seem to get peace about it, you would rather have peace than a million dollars. It's like there is no substitute for it. There's nothing more valuable than peace. So, so I just want you guys to understand that that uh, I want you I want you to understand what he says here in verse 12 about the glorious majesty of his kingdom. It's like. It's like this is this is like finding the best thing that you ever could have found. It's like the whole world wants to move to the United States, at least they used to. Lots, you know, lots of people would be, you know, are like, man, it's like if I could just live there, life would be grand because I'd have so much opportunity. Always, you know, it always kills me when you see these people who English is clearly not their first language and they're way more successful than you are, and it's like <laughs> because they took this opportunity. <laughs> Instead of wanting it to be, you know, handed to them on a silver platter and spoon-fed to them. Um, but he says that uh, thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord upholds all that fall, and he raises up those that be bowed down. So that's a blessing, because there are those times that uh, that we feel like Hannah at the temple, or just bowed down. And, um, and God knows how to... to raise us up from those things. And so we all know people who had those experiences that that can be there to tell you, hey, this this works out okay. It's like I read the back of the book. 
So the eyes of all wait upon thee. Now give us their meat in due season. Now openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. So what does he not have in hand? What does he not have under control? It's like if, if he, you know, if he just he makes sure that everything is running smooth, but he but he takes his time to to care about you and the and the things that that happen to you. The Lord is righteous in all of His ways and holy in all of His works. The Lord is near to them that call on Him, to all that call on Him in truth. And that's a really great thing. And it's great to have somebody remind you if you've forgotten that that He's listening. I love that story Ron told about uh, about cursing. Now God's like, well, why don't you curse? Like, well, because listening. I don't talk like that. It's like, okay, I see. So you know I hear that, right? Okay, well, what about what about when you need something? Am I, am I listening then? Like, I mean, I was I was sitting back there listening to him tell this story, and I was just, whoa. You ever have those moments? It's like, I hadn't, wow, God, that's awesome. Like, I don't know, it's funny how you can know something. It's like, the correct answer is, you know, it's like, well, I know that God's listening, until I really need him to answer me right now, and then I'm not so sure he's going to. So, but it, so it's a great thing that he is near. He's nigh to all them that call on him, to all that call on him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him, and he'll hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. Let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. So. So, here we are again. Another of the somebody come up and testify about God letting you down messages, because he just he just don't. And 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 that's the great thing about being Pentecostals. I can say he don't. I don't have to say he does. He does not. He shall never fail thee. Like and he ain't gonna let you down. So, I love it. So Jesus, we thank you for your word to us. We thank you for um, your your great and precious promises. God, we thank you for the the company of Hebrews 11 who has gone before us. And God, and that we are surrounded by this great cloud of witness. God, that we have every resource. God, to to have seen these testimonies that that you come through for your people, that you don't let us down. God, and and we all indeed have to make uh, make. Uh, a test of that on our own. We we all have to take a chance on you and, and see whether or not you'll come through for us. God, and and I can uh, I can confidently say that that you always come through. And sometimes our expectations may not be um, the same as what you have planned, but God, you never fail us. You never forsake us. And God, we are grateful today. God, that you have all the answers. God, and that you have just piled up testimony upon testimony of the glorious majesty of your kingdom and, and that you are indeed near to all that call on you. Now we just praise you. We glorify you. God, today, do exactly what you want to do. Have perfect liberty in this place to, to minister, to lead, to do exactly what you want to do. God, we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.